Hello, how the tech are you? This is our uh, tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about tech stuff and science stuff and pretty much anything in that area that we feel like talking about. Usually I open with a funny comment or something, but I've got nothing today. I don't know what to say. Um, HK is still on an adventure. Hopefully he will be back with us soon. But we've been off for, for an extra week, so hopefully you guys didn't miss us. But we're back. We should be back for a while now. And uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm Historian Matt, and you can find me on other Echoplex Media shows, but we can talk about that later. Uh, I have some science stuff to cover and a little bit of tech news. There's a lot of good science stuff to, to cover. So what I'm actually talking about in this show is... Giant snails in Florida can spread in brain-invading worms. That sounds great. Could explain some things about Florida. The second one is the LHC finds two new particles. That's actually three new particles, but they're two diff only two different types. And I'll explain that further when we get to it. And finally, Meta shuts down uh, Novi digital wallet don't know what novi is well i guess nobody did that's why they're shutting it down <laughs> so dave yeah this week i just got three stories i have a debian 11.4 was released i have a ubuntu claims to have fixed firefox as a snap and of course the elon musk twitter saga um, of course and real quick we there won't be a show the first week of august for how the tech are you we're moving into a new studio and uh, you can find out more information about that on our website i'll be putting up something really soon echoplexmedia.com in the meantime go to the support page at echoplexmedia.com and send us money right <laughs> exactly and just to be clear dave is moving to a new studio i'm going to be in the same black void i've been in this whole time <laughs> uh, although hopefully i can I, I need to make some minor changes and i'll get that done at the same time Anyways, I sh we need to get started. I got a lot of stuff to cover, and Dave has a heart out. So, <laughs> uh, first one on my list is giant snails in Florida can spread brain invading worms. This giant snail is called the giant African land snail, or GALS, GALS, I guess is how you pronounce it. So, these are giant snails that can grow up to eight inches long. That's pretty big for a snail. And they can feed on all sorts of stuff, but a lot of valuable fruits and vegetables and ornamental plants. And that a lot of that is grown in Florida. And that is a really bad thing. Besides the other thing. Uh, so in late June, Florida state officials confirmed the presence of gals in uh, Pasco County. Giant snails there. It's, that's the uh, west central coast of the state. They've set up a quarantine zone and they've started spreading snail killing pesticides. I don't know exactly what those are, but uh, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll work and not cause any problems with other people. But the big issue and uh, what people are really worried about is these snails and actually snails in general can, can carry this, but particularly these snails definitely are, have it. It's called rat lung worm and this this worm primarily infects lungs of rats and other rodents and part of its life cycle is it includes snails and slugs so it it's really kind of a, a disease for rodents but uh it, 
the life cycle, part of its you know breeding pattern goes through snails and slugs, how that works. So humans can get it, but humans are not a target of this worm. But the problem is when you, if a human does get it, it causes a lot of problems, but how can a human get it that they can pick it up by either eating undercooked snails or slugs? I don't think that's pretty common in Florida, but could happen. And I don't think people are eating these giant snails. Uh, but what's concerning is you can get it from eating fruits and vegetables that may have been contaminated by these giant slug or giant snails. Uh, you can also get it from eating animals that may have eaten snails or slugs. I think that's less likely as well. We tend not to uh, eat other predators, so except occasionally, you know, fish often do it. Uh, but what happens is when these worms infect humans, they generally die out. And luckily, most of the time, you actually can get an infection with zero symptoms. The problem is when they do have symptoms, because these worms infect the central nervous system, they can be pretty bad. And uh, they can get into the brain, and they can cause problems such as nausea, vomiting, stiff neck. Uh, You can have eye problems abnormal sensation in arms and legs. So it's like really causing some damages to your nervous system there and headaches that are global and severe. And of course, Trumpism. Wait, I don't think that's actually a, a, a symptom, but uh, <laughs> brain parasites. I'm pretty sure that, that that's the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, but a more serious side of the severe cases, I mean, you can have nerve damage, paralysis, coma, and in the worst cases, you can actually die from this. Any questions? No, no questions. This is just like the, the most Florida story. This is very Florida story. It's a story about um, brain worms infecting Floridians. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Luckily, the you know, these snails are pretty rare. They're only being found in one one area. I mean, they they would be more common except uh, because of all the, the damage they do. We uh, State officials stay on top of them. There actually have been outbreaks before. There was uh, an outbreak that I think started in the 60s when a, a, a kid, a child, I think was in Hawaii and brought like a couple of these snails back as pets to Florida and they escaped. And that started off a big problem. So there, there was a... Pretty bad, but they were eradicated in 1975. Apparently, they got they came back, and they were uh, said to be eradicated again in 2021. And somehow they were returned. We don't know how, and that's a bad thing. I think um, <laughs> I think somebody who works at the Hill showed up at Florida and dropped off the brain worms. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> So that's all I got on the giant snails. A quick overview. Uh, we'll keep on top of that if anything uh, else happens to them, but hopefully they got them under control and they'll get rid of them quickly. Uh, moving on, the LHC finds two new particles. So the LHC is a large hadron collider built by the Euro- European Nuclear Research Center, also known as CERN. C-E-R-N. You'll notice that those initials don't quite fit. (laughs) It has to do with, you know, other languages besides English. 
I don't actually know what the, the the proper name for it is. Anyways, it's best known for destroying the Earth. Not really. But uh, back in the day, I don't know if people still remember this, when they were first turning on the LHC, there was a lot of argument over whether or not it actually destroyed the Earth because they think that, well, there's all sorts of crazy theories, but at least one that was kind of realistic is they thought that it would create black holes and somewhere around the, uh, along the line, I, I learned that it did actually make black holes, but they're so tiny. And I don't know if you know this, black holes actually evaporate. And then we're talking like nanoscopic uh, or even smaller uh, black holes that just immediately evaporate. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was nothing. What, what LHC is really famous for is finding the Higgs boson, which was sometimes referred to as a God particle. Um, but it was a big thing. I don't remember actually when it was done, but it was a, a few years ago. But they're still running this thing, still finding new things. And what they found recently, which I thought was interesting, is they found three new types of subatomic particles with two uh, types. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. But one is a petaquark, and two the two others are both tetraquarks. So petaquark is the combination of five different quarks that kind of stick together and make a subatomic particle. And the and tetraquark is a combination of four quarks. Again, they make up a, a new particle. Um, so quarks usually combine in pairs of two or three. So there's like two or three stuck together. And they've, you know, for most particles that were subatomic particles we're familiar with, like protons and neutrons. I don't think these two different uh, subatomic particles, these new ones that are made, have names yet. Um, I did not get from reading what these are actually made of, like what the quarks are that, that stuck together to make them. But, um, yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting Two, three new particles of two different types have been made or have been found. So it Any didn't questions? open up, didn't open a portal to like Hades or anything. Nope. Didn't do that. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a guy named Dan Padondi who probably thinks that it did actually. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what like what he thinks is happening. Like, there's been really no news since the uh, Higgs boson was found. I mean, they occasionally come out with new particles that they found, and this this was kind of interesting. New types of particles. Yeah, but, CERN uh, really wasn't in the news for a long time after the Higgs boson got got found. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like a, a huge deal, but they're still using it, still finding new stuff. It's uh, pretty cool. Moving on, the last uh, story I have is Meta shuts down the Novi digital wallet. I assume that's how you pronounce Novi. Navi, Novi. I think it's Novi. So uh, Meta is, of course, Facebook. It's the parent company of Facebook, and it just changed its name a while ago to be more metaverse type or something. I don't know. That doesn't seem to be going <laughs> much of anywhere. But uh, Novi was a digital wallet. It was part of Meta's cryptocurrency push back in the day. They uh, Meta got into crypto business around 2019, and they had the idea of using it for transactions in WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and you know other apps that they, they have running. Um, but 
they the federal reserve was never clear basically the federal government in general whatever was covering was never clear on whether or not they'd actually let meta issue a stable coin for those who do not know a stable coin is like other cryptocurrency like bitcoin and uh, ethereum and stuff like that except that it is specifically designed to match the price of another currency a real world currency most of the time they actually match the dollar so you'll have a stable coin that's a cryptocurrency it acts like a cryptocurrency you can exchange it over the internet but has a value of exactly one dollar and there's a lot of question of how legal these things are and especially with the recent collapse it's probably going to be in the news more uh more recently or in the near future but um so novi was going to be the wallet i think that contained these this uh stable coin and other digital currencies and to be used on meta's platforms but uh, users will no longer be able to use novi starting september 1st and if anybody has stuff in novi any any coins in their their wallet novi will attempt to transfer the account balance to a bank account or a debit card associated with account so get your stuff out uh make sure you have bank account associated so they can uh, liquidate your assets and you should be good but even though they're shutting down novi meta says that the technology is living on and will be used in other meta services that you know use blockchain technology and in quotes digital collectibles in the metaverse and i'm pretty sure what they mean by digital collectibles or nfts and we've know we know how that has gone <laughs> But yeah, any questions? I don't have anything else on that. I just wonder, like, what on earth possessed Facebook, sorry, well, Facebook at the time, to think that people wanted their, like, financial transactions tied up in a service that everybody hates? Yeah, really. <clears throat> well, first of all, they don't think that everybody hates their service, even though pretty much they do, even though people are forced to use it, hate their service. <laughs> Right, right. And I, I feel like maybe I am in that bag where I am forced to use Facebook. Yeah, I, I actually am. I'll say that. Um, I mean, to keep in, keep in touch with certain people, like I pretty much have to use Facebook. Right. I don't I've have got, a whole lot of alternatives. I've gotten all but one of the contributors for the bigger project to use Discord to, for like main communication. But yeah like, yeah, like I've said over and over and over again, I don't know why, but the local music scene here in the Bay Area, they never going to leave facebook and so yeah. but yeah like that's like sort of neither here nor there it's with just the number of people who i mean facebook has to know that there are a lot of people with a negative view of facebook and the idea that they yeah. were going to put something out where people were going to do all their transactions like inside of facebook or using a technology that facebook created that was like dead on arrival yeah yeah i would not want my money with facebook like that i mean honestly like if i had to use it i'd probably put like a little bit it would make sense to use that for some transactions if i needed to do it but like i would not have any significant amount of money uh, on their in their wallet or anything it's if somebody just, if somebody wanted me to transfer them money on facebook i would be like is there any other earthly way i can do this yeah really <laughs> <laughs> like, can i please can i please send it some other way do you have venmo exactly. yeah it's 
it's i think they just tried to hop on a fad that they weren't really involved with to to begin with um and that they not, weren't really involved with they didn't completely understand i mean you know, all that not for nothing they've made a lot of money off of crypto because like every crypto scam in the world is advertising on facebook well, so fair enough <laughs> so they, you know it's, it's not like their hand isn't in the cookie jar too it's just that their hand is in like kind of like almost like a like, like a cookie jar that's off to the side you know right yeah i i'm glad they they shut that down i hope like it said u.s and guatemala i think the u.s people have a little easier time getting their money out i'm a little concerned about some of the people in guatemala who maybe don't have as good access to internet depending on where they live maybe would yeah. have a tough and maybe are unbanked and might have a tougher time getting their getting their money out if they put any significant amount of money in there um but you know that's how it always goes right little man pays yeah unfortunately that, that really sucks but hopefully they'll, they'll work something out for everybody yep yep well i only got uh three stories this week uh two of them are from pharonix so there's no point in bringing up the uh, website for them because pharonix while it has great information it you know graphic design is not their passion and that's fine actually <laughs> it's very easy to find stuff on pharonix and they have really good articles um something that's gonna something that seems unimportant to me but i know is important to me is that uh debian 11.4 got put out <clears throat> debian funny enough was the first daily driver linux distribution i used to put on a laptop and that didn't have windows on it very long time ago nice. i think 2003 yeah that i used it like as a daily um the reason debian is important is not necessarily because people people are using it that much and a lot of people have no longer no longer use it not installed on a lot of desktops some servers but uh, ubuntu has taken over the server market for the most part the thing is ubuntu is based on debian and yeah. so you know they when they do uh this one has dozens of bug and security fixes and that's just they're like dozens i'm like that's huge for debian they move at a snail's pace because they have yeah. to because they're like a stable like foundation upon which a lot of other things are built um like I said, most popular the most popular Linux distributions are all based on Debian or based on Ubuntu. But Ubuntu, since Ubuntu is based on Debian, those are based on Debian too. Uh, and this, in and of itself, doesn't affect most Linux users directly. Uh, but as Debian chugs along, so does progress on many core components of Ubuntu and related operating systems. So that's important stuff. And uh, I just thought it was worth a mention. Shout out to the people at the Debian team because. Uh, a lot of people who are getting into Linux now might not even know what Debian is. And that's, yeah. and so that's pretty cool. And that's a, that's a bit of history. And, um, just a little bit of trivia. The name comes from two people's names, Deborah and Ian, Deb Ian. And that's how, that's where uh, I did not know that. That's yeah. That's where Debian comes from. Um, and it was just a project that two people started. And now it's like one of the most important open source projects in the yeah. world that nobody knows about. Like a lot of people know about Red Hat and a lot of people know about Ubuntu and that's about what people know about Linux. So speaking of Ubuntu, my next story is that a uh, canonical claims that their snap installation of Firefox now takes half as long to load as it did before. A couple of weeks ago, I think HK had brought this up that he was really yeah. mad that in the new Ubuntu, um, you had to, well, you don't have to, but Firefox came as a snap, which is like a, like a self-contained package. Um, and one of the problems is that it's slow, but another problem is it sometimes just doesn't play with other play well with other components of your system. Um, as I've learned trying to do, uh, audio on Linux, I, if, if I, if I can find something not as a snap, 
I will do whatever it takes to build it. <laughs> I'll build it from source if so I have to. Snap is one. What is the other? There's another one that's popular. There's a couple other. There's Flatpak, App Image. Flatpak seems to be the one that people like more. Um, I haven't yeah. had much experience with Flatpak because, like I said, I will do anything, anything to not use a snap if if I if I can avoid it. Um, I have I have applications on this system running right now that I went through a significant pain in the ass to figure out how to build from source because the yeah. system here was already kind of highly customized, so the standard instructions for building on Ubuntu didn't quite work properly. And so, yeah. but uh, it, better that than a snap because then you load the snap and then it's like, oh, your audio options are default. And you're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Those are my audio options, huh? And then you have, you have no way to tell it where to send the audio, basically. And so you better hope default is where you want it sending the audio. Or in my case, I would have to like reroute everything around the fact that one application is absolutely demanding that it send audio through this particular place in Pulse Audio, which I also hate. Um, so right. good on them, I guess, but I think that like, uh, like they could just put the regular Firefox back in their repositories and right. let people install it from the repositories. They should do that. Um, I would remove the snap and replace it with the one from the regular repositories. Although on the computer, I have Ubuntu 22.04 installed on, like I don't do anything on that computer. Like I just carry it around and it. The battery lasts forever and that's all i care about i if, if it's yeah i use ubuntu on my laptop uh i'm kind of getting back into linux i've been using linux forever in some you know way shape or form but uh when i was at google the only linux i was using was at google and there's it was their distribution and they took care of things so i've kind of like forgotten how to do everything and <laughs> like to manage it i can use a, a linux system but managing all that other stuff i just haven't done in forever <laughs> uh calling back to the first story the google uh linux is based on debian yes so they call it uh it's it's based on ubuntu or was because they called it gubuntu <laughs> yeah but again it's based on debian because it's based but it goes on back to debian yeah yeah it yeah. goes back also so. just to be clear you said it was canonical but canonical is the company that makes ubuntu right yeah 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 i'm Not sure our listeners uh know that but just to be clear Ah, maybe, maybe not. It's never, never a bad idea to take a second to clarify something. That's for sure. Right. Um, and there's <clears throat> also rumblings about Canonical either doing their um, doing an IPO or getting purchased before the end of the year here. So yeah, but that's the story every year, just like how it's the year of the Linux desktop. That's the same, it's the yeah. same one. Google's uh, somebody's gonna buy Canonical. They think it's they think it might be Google actually that's gonna buy Canonical. Yeah, I imagine the regulators might have a little something to say about that though. Maybe not here, but in Europe. Right. Especially in the UK, because Canonical is a UK company. So my last story is we're going more Elon. I don't really like covering <laughs> Elon, but it's more Elon. Um, well, so, as long as you're making fun of him. <laughs> um, well, he's trying to back out of this deal that he had to purchase Twitter at about $44 billion. Twitter hired some yeah. new lawyers because they don't like it, and they didn't think maybe their old lawyers were... You know, there are any number of reasons a company will hire new lawyers for a particular uh, thing. But it seems like these new lawyers came to play a bit of hardball. And um, they're kind of insisting that the $44 billion deal is still on. <clears throat> they claim their, their claim, and I tend to think that they're probably right, 
is that Elon is knowingly breaching a contract. And, uh, you know, he's saying that the reason he's trying to get out of this is that all the bots and fake accounts that are on Twitter. Um, but one of the problems with his claim there is that he is one of the most prolific users of bots and fake accounts on Twitter mm. to boost his own, just his own tweets. Um, and certainly to and, boost Tesla stock. Yeah. And just to be clear, he's not running the bots. He's just taking advantage of the ones there. Right. Um, yeah, there's, and it's we hard don't to think so. <laughs> it's hard to tell if he paid for them. Um, right. but I mean, if you wanted to obfuscate the fact that you were doing that and you were rich, it would be fairly easy to obfuscate that. Right. Especially yeah. with Twitter being a bit of a black box and being less than willing to, um, share publicly information about bot networks. Um, some of it is probably legitimate because they don't want bot networks to people who run bot networks to have insight into what Twitter's doing to try to fight it. And then of course, some of it is because they don't want to release information about the bot networks that are running on their platform. Right. And there's another thing that's really important here to distinguish. There are bots that do really cool things on Twitter. Right. Yeah. True. There's a bot that'll mm -hmm. tell you like where the space station is. If you ask it, <laughs> wasn't there one that was like tracking, um, was it Elon's uh, plane or something like that? Yeah, this private plane. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's a little concerned about that. I, they stopped doing that and switched, I think, to uh, oligarchs' yachts but um, to, for, for reasons. But um, yeah, I mean, those are, those are kind of like useful bots, you know? Right. And but so that's not what he's talking about. Well, but the problem is if those are like just sort of automated accounts, and you're trying to determine like on a in a grand scale how many bots are on your platform you're gonna it might be difficult to distinguish just yeah. by kind of looking yeah. at like log data or whatever they look at you know because you might think something's annoying and i might think it's cool right i doubt it but yeah <laughs> or vice versa or whatever you know um to right. some extent the eplex m account operates as a bot um once oh, yeah. an hour it'll tell people what's playing on the on the echoplex radio um whenever anything new hits the rss feeds for any of our podcasts it posts about it whenever we go yeah. live on twitch it posts about it so how is that a bot because we don't use it much for anything else i mean yeah technically it's a bot but like is that useful bot if, probably if, for some people yeah if you're interested in like knowing when we go live and when a podcast comes out that's a useful bot so it's not really doing anything nefarious. And I think the problem with Elon's uh, like whole argument around this is that Twitter does allow bots and automated accounts. And it's right there in their terms of service that you're allowed to do yeah. it. You just have to follow the rules. And so his yeah. claim that the, that there's too many bots on there, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also like, there's these cool bots that if somebody does a thread, it'll like unroll the thread and then put it on a website all in like, so you can just read it all at once without having to go through somebody's Twitter thread. That's I mean, they do, useful. they do all kinds of cool stuff. Um, uh, but the, the one that was tracking Elon's plane probably really pissed him off when, because <laughs> when, when you, t when you fly your private jet from San Francisco international airport to San Jose international airport, <laughs> you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, that, that might've been a refueling thing if that, if that actually happened, but, 
Um, well, I think the big issue was if you're supposedly the head of this company that is trying to get the world off of fossil fuels and you're flying a private jet around, that seems a little uh, hypocritical. Well, I mean, but what, how else are you going to get around? Oh, I guess you could fly coach like everybody else. Yeah, or drive even, one of your cars. Or even even business class, right? Your, your footprint's business, just... Yeah. And but I bet business class is probably... As, I don't know. Maybe you're probably, I mean, you have more room on a private jet, but I've flown business class. That's pretty, pretty chill. Yeah. Not a bad way to travel. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can also now it's, it's a little expensive, but, uh, in certain places you can charter a private jet with a group of people. And it's like basically having, you know, a whole jet that you're maybe playing, paying like first class type, uh, amounts of money for that to go places. Uh, I think there's one that, that flies out of Oakland that's pretty cool and yet again that's like just like a lower footprint than getting in a private jet with just you and your staff or whatever yeah yeah so you're taking a group of people like it's it's like a regular commercial jet in that respect but it's a little nicer a little more comfortable they actually give you knee space (laughs) you know that sort of thing uh the other thing i wanted to mention on this one not related to jets is people were joking that uh elon Musk, musk kind of like drunk bot twitter and now he's he's uh having second thoughts and trying to back out because <laughs> it was kind of crazy how how he went through that whole thing yeah i mean <clears throat> i don't know i you know um i was listening to pivot and uh scott galloway on pivot kind of had a good yeah. point he's like hey you know if the courts don't just make him live up to the contract he signed then it's then it just means that nobody should ever do business in the united states ever <laughs> Because people, rich and powerful people can just tell you they're going to do something and go, you go through the legal process with them. And then if they're rich and powerful enough, they can just tell you to go F yourself. Well, I mean, that's how uh, Trump has operated for years. Right. Allegedly. Apparently. But I mean, he didn't like, he didn't do it all public like this. And he never did no $44 billion deal. Well, like, let's, let's not make him. Let's not. Well, no one, no one would be dumb enough to get into that that uh, level of uh, entanglement with Trump, I think. But, you know, um, Pivot is a really good business and tech podcast, and I don't always agree with them. They're certainly capitalists, and uh, I'm critical of capitalism, to say the least. But, you know, that point that he made was pretty good. It's like, if you were were a business of any kind, why would you ever do a big deal with anybody if he manages to weasel out of this without suffering consequences through the court system just because he's able to hire good lawyers and use his money and influence to kind of make it so that the rules don't apply to him. We already have enough of that going on in this country. And if this just plays out publicly like that, people, more people are just going to lose faith, faith in the system. They're just going to think, you know, this country's just for sale. And in a lot of ways it is, but this would be, this is an egregious example. He went, he went so far as to like, say he wants to do 5420 or whatever per share so that he could have 420 right. in it. So now, you know, it's like when you when you order the novelty plate for your car, you just got to pay the you got to pay the novelty upgrade price for the plate, you know? It's just in this right. case it's a whole ass company. So what what I'd like to see happen is if he really wants out, that's fine. He gets to pay that billion dollar fine plus the difference in the market cap between that 5420 and what Twitter's worth, that would be the that would be the penalty that would 
dissuade other people from behaving in this way in the future, right? If Twitter right. at the time of the at the time of the you know at the time of the uh, beginning of a trial or whatever is worth let's say thirty, so then yeah. he would just pay that you know would be twenty four twenty per share uh, difference, and that would suck for him, but it would certainly make people think twice before they uh, try to use their money and influence or whatever to do dumb shit like this. Right. I also wanted to uh, backtrack a little bit because you said the, uh, you said Twitter was changing lawyers and we're giving examples. And one of the big ones um, you got to be aware of is like lawyers who are like business lawyers who would take care of doing these contracts and stuff are not the same kind of lawyers that are like, you know, litigation lawyers, the lawyers that show up in court. And that I'm guessing that's why they switch lawyers because they're, uh, they're just not the, the same ones. They don't have the experience, you know, right. Better, yeah. better, better explanation than I would have given. Yeah. Yeah. These are, yeah. You're, you're definitely right. The there, these are trial attorneys versus, you know, yeah, exactly. Versus the kind of attorney you get to help you draw up your contract is probably not the right. one you use when you sue the person who doesn't honor the contract. Yeah those people all have to be incredibly competent and one is not better than the other or whatever, Yeah, but they're definitely different skill sets and yeah. uh, not for nothing. The people that were hired, let me see if I can pull up their name here. They're like, well-known <laughs> they're uh, yeah. it's a uh, watch Lipton Rosen and Kratz. They're, they're not a joke. They're like, yeah. if you remember that show, Boston legal, they're that law firm. Right. <laughs> They're like the one you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> because yeah. they will do anything within the law, of course. They're like hired legal mercenaries at, you know, six, $700 an hour each plus fees for the, like for the, um, for the firm Their Twitter means business. Yeah. Twitter is now like, I bet the people on the board are just pissed. Yeah. Well, I, I believe their share price has been, uh, hurt pretty badly by elon uh pulling out so yeah but they're i can see why i bet people who are heavily and heavily invested and aren't on the border pissed yep yeah. because this is you know like whatever i'm not shedding a tear for the board of twitter but <laughs> you know you, you piss off the entire board board of directors of twitter um that's probably bad yeah generally generally um generally bad I hope they, um, I hope they suspend his account. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> if he starts tweeting out details of the case, I bet they will. Yeah, probably. And then they'll like add another thing that they're suing him for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for helping keep this, keep this one tight, Matt. I actually have a, like a half an hour to hop in the shower yeah, we, and stuff. We blasted through this one. Yeah, yeah. We blasted through this one. If, if we, if it sounded like we steamrolled through anything chat, uh, we did. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think HK will be back next week if I'm not mistaken. And we'll, we'll, we'll go way. I over. didn't want to say for certain, cause there were reasons to believe that it might not happen, but we think there's a good chance we'll be back next week for both this and the uh, intellectual dollar tree. So that's yep. good. Uh, I'll read us out because I'm a, uh, not a reading us out intern. Thanks everybody for listening to how the tech are you? Make sure you're following us on YouTube. If that's where you see it. If you see it on YouTube, that doesn't mean you shouldn't follow the podcast. Go find How the Tech Are You on your favorite podcatcher. If we're not there, let us know. Um, sometimes it takes a while to make sure to get the podcast on everything, but we are on the big ones, um, and we are moving studios, and if you like what you hear here, hear, hear or you like the other content we do, which is crazy, 
Uh, you go to ecoplexmedia.com slash support. Help us out a little bit with our move. We've gone ahead and put up an Amazon wish list there. There are items on that Amazon wish list ranging from about 12 bucks to about 800 bucks. So if you wanted to help us out with anything there, there's something right in the range where you'd like to have something you'd be comfortable spending. Uh, this is a production of Ecoplex Media. I'm producer Dave. I produce this show. And uh, thank you for listening.